This is a CSIS podcast series conducted by the Technology and Public Policy Program, where experts are interviewed on key issues relating to cybersecurity. We're speaking with John Gilligan, president of the Gilligan Group and former CIO for the Air Force. Mr. Gilligan, thank you for your time. Oh, it's glad to join you. So we're just going to start um, with a very broad question. Where do you think cyber red lines should be drawn? I think that the term... You know, red lines perhaps is one that's um, been a bit overused. And so my preference would be not to think of cyber response in terms of red lines, but more in terms of uh, general interests. And I think that the nation's interests uh, are fairly well defined in other areas of a potential conflict. And I think those same interests then really need to be carried forward into the cyber domain. So, for example, when there is a threat to our um, economic uh, interests or our nation's security, then that triggers appropriate response. And uh, trying to define an exact scenario I think becomes very difficult and it potentially becomes misleading or confusing. So I think the nation has already pretty well defined what's important to it um, with respect to our critical infrastructures, um, with regard to sort of our physical security. And I think those same dimensions can and should be extended into the cyber domain such that leadership speaks in those terms um, in terms of, uh, for example, that if a cyber threat would appear to um, severely harm our nation's economic interests, then um, those who are perpetrating that that cyber um, attack should expect that the U.S. will respond and will respond quickly and and with appropriate action. So, so that would be my my response to you know um, really trying to define a nation's um, response policy with regard to cyber threats. Okay, so having more individualized responses to the threats um, and then having these general outlines that are already predefined. Very good. Okay, how can the government play a role encouraging companies to adopt cyber defenses? I think that the... Um, the government has struggled in this area, and, and I would candidly admit that my thoughts in this area have also evolved. Um, during my time in government, I believed uh, fairly strongly that the government had an opportunity and perhaps even an obligation to be fairly strong in encouraging uh, companies to adopt more aggressive cyber defense. And I thought that I, I, I believe primarily because I saw the opportunity where government, um, through its actions, is able to accelerate progress. And government spends a lot of money. So during my time in the government, um, I was able to leverage government investments to help encourage companies who are providing products to the government to improve those products with regard to cyber. So I saw that model as one that um, could be extended into the the private sector as well. 
I was also frustrated by the fact that many companies who are supporting the government really didn't have very good cyber defenses, and as a result, there was information that was being edited, stewarded by the companies supporting the government that was being compromised because of inadequate cyber defenses. So my prior thought process was that, gosh, the government should really have a pretty active role in providing investments to companies that provide products and to motivate them through those investments to make those products more secure, and levying, to some extent, in particular to those organizations that directly support the government requirements that they must provide enhanced security defenses. My thoughts have changed a bit over time, and perhaps somewhat as I've watched the debate that has played out in Congress and sort of in the public forums about the role of government in cyber defense. And in addition, as I now spend more time in the private sector and I participate on a number of boards of directors, one of the things that I realize is that it is the obligation of the private sector to both understand the nature of potential cyber attacks and appropriate defenses and really take that response. So what I am beginning to see is that I think that the government's role could be less in really providing mandates and more in leveraging the power of government to develop forums where guidelines, principles, examples, perhaps some limited investments in certain areas can be made, and then leaving it to the private sector to really adopt those. I think the private sector needs to adopt them from the perspective of not that I'm just doing this to be compliant with government mandates, but I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do for my private sector organization. In that line, what I have become a pretty strong advocate is that I believe once the corporate auditors begin to put cyber security or cyber defenses as a main focus of their audits, then the whole scenario starts to change because just like we do in the financial portions of a company, when an auditor comes in and looks at the firm's finances and the controls that are in place to ensure appropriate and accurate finances, financial reporting, if there is an anomaly there, that gets reported to the board of directors immediately, and boards of directors ignore that advice at their peril because they have a fiduciary responsibility, and that's one of the reasons that auditors look at finances. That's the same. I believe that with appropriate skills, we're also looking at cyber defenses of the company and looking at those cyber defenses in terms of ability for the company to continue its primary business operations. One, it puts it in the right context because not every company needs the same types of cyber defenses. That adequate 
the adequacy or inadequacy would be reported right to the most senior levels in the company, the, the executives and the board, who uh, I believe will, you know, begin to take actions. So anyway, I apologize for the long time. No, no problem. So just m making it um, more of a priority for companies through things like auditing instead of using the government as a consumer model. Well, yeah, and it's making it a pri priority such that the senior leadership are forced to look at it. I think the other maybe clarifying comment that I would add is, in my experience, as I talk to senior executives, those, therefore, that are in the CEO and president positions and those that are on boards of directors, they don't understand cyber. They don't understand the threat. They don't understand how vulnerabilities occur. And therefore, um, they, they're a bit confused on what should I be doing. Um, and, and so, on a critique, it's just this is a new and very complex area for them. I think once you, though, bring in the outside team of experts like auditors, then the auditors who have the right skills and have the ability to communicate to those senior executives in terms of this is what is important to you in terms of being able to continue your business functions. And increasingly, I think they, they will look to government guidelines, uh, the same as we have, you know, sort of accounting standards um, that as the, sort of the basis, but they'll apply them in the context of the individual organization trying to, rather than trying to apply them in some kind of broad brush, you know, one-size-fits-all approach. Okay. So how can military lessons in cybersecurity be translated to the private sector? Is it a similar um, kind of model as how the government's going to play a role encouraging the private sector? Well, let's see. Um, there are, I've got a couple of thoughts in, in this area, so let me try to, to explain them. The first is, um, and it really echoes um, a previous comment that I made, that senior leadership awareness and involvement in the, the you know, cyber defense issue is absolutely critical. So through my career in government, and spent most of it in the military environment, um, I saw a dramatic change in awareness of the senior leadership. So I went from meetings where, you know, I was the chief information officer trying to get the senior leaders to understand that we were pretty vulnerable in a number of areas in our cyber defenses, and having the senior leaders basically discount that and say, no, no, my, my people have told me we're very good and, you know, et cetera. And, and really, you know, um, uh, making it very difficult for, to get them to really focus in this area. To, well, I think, in today's environment, and the tail end of my career, and through today's environment, the military really understand the nature of the threat and understand what needs to be done um, to a large extent. And uh, and that is that is enormously beneficial um, because. As the leadership understands, then they can hold the right people accountable. They don't take, you know, false assurances. You know, they look for evidence of that, that the right things are being done. So, I think in in you know, uh, the private sector, um, spending time and energy to educate the leadership. I think the current administration actually is doing a pretty good job of trying to bring in executives 
expose them to, in some cases, very sensitive information that helps educate them to this is the nature of the threat. And I think that's what happened in the military is over time there was um, an awareness of the types of capabilities that our adversaries had as well as the capabilities that the U.S. has that started to put in context um, for the for the military. And I think as we you know, share some of that insight with the corporate America, then it's sort of helpful um, right. to have them understand. So I think that's one. It's just getting, you know, having that same awareness and sharing some of the information that in the past, you know, we held so closely that we were unwilling to share it. So we had people who they just didn't know, um, just like, as I said, in the early days um, in my tenure in government, there were people who just didn't know. They hadn't been exposed to that information. So that's the first thing that I think is important. I think the second um, area that I think there are some potential benefits that can be shared uh, from the military into the private sector is um, the military has now had you know, a lot of experience in trying to um, provide defenses for very large enterprises. And I won't say that, you know, in all cases it's done perfectly. Uh, certainly not in their vulnerabilities, but they've learned an awful lot. Mm-hmm. So I think um, sharing of some of the, the techniques, um, the architectures, the, the lessons learned, uh, on how to address you know, large enterprise security, I think some of that collaborative um, type of discussion would be beneficial. Um, you know, recognizing you know w- what are the threats, how to share some of that information in real time, et cetera. I think those all would be beneficial to the private sector. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your insights and your time this morning, Mr. Yilligan. We really appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Claire.